Hello and welcome to the Fun and Chat Hour. I'm producer Dave and we are joined by our usual co-host Amanda Carlin. Hello producer Dave. Hello. This is May the 4th 2020 episode 15 and may the 4th be with you. And may the 4th be with you too. Happy Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day. Or how to annoy everyone else, Happy Star Trek Day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, but you know, I've, I've made the effort. I actually have a, a Star Wars T-shirt on as well. So you do. I, I am. I do like Star Wars. Um, I also like Star Trek as well. So I'm quite happy to sit in in the middle of between both camps and just watch everyone fire rockets at each other. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was quite amused. I saw a um, a baby um, Yoda, you know, from uh, the Mandolin. Mandalorian, sorry, the Mandalorian uh, series, um, yes. and it had a, a face mask on it and says, uh, you know, may the may the fourth be with you, stay safe and <laughs> stay at home or something like that. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it is. It, it says everything, you know. That, that... It does, doesn't it? Yeah. So, how are you then? How are you today? Um, a good weekend. Yes, I've had a good weekend. Thank you for asking. Um, been busy looking at um, how we're going to manage the E-Day celebrations in Wimbo yeah. with the Wimbo Posse. Shout out to the Wimbo. Yay! Um, so we've, we've got some households that are really up for it and um, there's going to be a disco in one street. Mm -hmm. There's another street that's having picnics on the front garden and Yes, it sounds really good. Well, I've got some bits as well for for that as well. So we might as well just talk about VE Day before we, we get onto the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, Chatteris have got a page now on Facebook for VE Day celebrations. Um, oh, brilliant. So that, that's sorry, one that's been set up. And there's lots of people putting on about you know which end you know areas within chatteris are going to be holding parties and stuff and and also they just want want to make sure that everyone understands that it's not a party party it's a stay-at-home party and it's we're not trying to you know we're not this has come down from on high you know it, it's sort of it's, it's a uk-wide thing you know it's not just individual towns that this is a national thing um, and if you look on various newspaper um, you know, or um, news channels, there are lists of itineraries of things that are going to be happening. There's lots of uh, messages on the TV and radio, and I think there might be a fly past, and there's, there's all sorts of little things that are going on. So this is a, a, a sort of semi-coordinated event. You know, it's not like... But they're not advocating that everyone goes out and has a big party on the street. You know, this, no, this is, they're not. This is not you know, advocating a gathering, are they? Exactly. So yeah. if you're having a party, you have your party at home, they'd say, you know, stay in your garden, open your windows, wave at other people, put bunting out. Um, and I've already seen bunting uh, across the street from us. We've got stuff in the windows um, and other people are beginning to put stuff in. But you've got some people um, moaning, saying, "Oh, this is not right. This is this is not what we should be doing." And like, yeah, but we're not doing that. That's the thing. They've kind of 
just like we were talking just before we started, we've got people who are completely missing, they're not reading the instructions properly, you know, we're not saying we're going to have one big party. It's a case of you have your party, it's World War II themed, and you have it at home, and you stay at home, but you just help sort of spread the music and the, the, the joy of the day. You know, if you go back to World War Two, you know, even in the the middle of the Blitz, when things were really dark and they were struggling, you know, night after night after night, they were still having parties. They were still celebrating, you know, freedom and, well, not the lack of freedom, but just sort of the, they were just celebrating life, you know, that, and just keeping their spirits up. And, and that's the whole purpose of this, you know. Yes, we're remembering those that died um, and and the end of the, the first, the Second World War. But it's also a way for us just to um, raise our own spirits, you know, and say, you know, there will be an end to this. You know, we, there is something to look forward to. It's not all, all grim and, and doom and stuff, you know, despite all the news and stuff that we're seeing. So it's just a way of people, just to lift people's spirits and just, um, you know, give them an element of hope um, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, the photos of London um, during the Blitz and everybody's in tube stations, aren't they? Yeah. They're even doing the conga, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. people doing the conga. Yeah, and that's Amazing. it. They, they always make do with the situation and they, they make it, you know... I'm sure there were people there who sort of hide behind curtains going, oh dear, they're celebrating again. How dare they? It's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a lockdown. It's just like, you know, you, you've got to relax a little bit, you know, and go with the, the moment and, and, and just enjoy the, the celebrations, but just do it sensibly. And, and Yes, absolutely. Nothing wrong with coming together at a distance. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not saying have a, have a big party and having mass barbecues and, and, and things like that. You know, just you do what you do in your house, but just you know, share what you're doing with other people. I don't see that it's any different than going out and doing the applause once a week. You're at the same distance. Yeah, but the problem is they, they couldn't even do that properly. As they saw in London Bridge, where the, the, the bridge was absolutely packed. You know, and it kind of defeats the whole purpose of celebrating you know, clapping for the for carers because they were all together en masse. Like it's there there is a resistance to actually understand or a lack of caring for on some people's parts to actually follow the instructions. You know, it's not difficult. You know, two meters is um you know, if we'd said six inches, you know, th there would be a big issue, you know, there'd be you know distances all over the place but you know two meters is quite you know it's it's your one and a half times your height you know that's that's your guide yeah years ago there used to be a man in march i've forgotten what his name was but uh, you know you know when you're young and you go out and you're enjoying yourself and you do the pub crawls well, you can do them when you're older as well, but I used to do them a lot when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was always this chap, I want to say his name.
and and he was from Scotland. And if you got too close to him, you would say, I can't do the Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> he would say, you are invading my space. <laughs> you are invading my space. He, that's all he needed to say. Didn't need to say any more than that. Everybody completely backed up. Oh, sorry, sorry. And, and got away from him. He didn't like people being close to him, which is fair enough. Mm. And um, I th- I'm really starting to feel like that. I want to have something that's two metres long to keep everybody away from me. <laughs> well, they have done in, in some of the schools in China. They've actually got hats that actually have bits that stick out. I love that. So that you can give... They actually have their, their distancing... <laughs> I mean, it's great, it's simple, but yeah, it, if it works, it works. I'd love that in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I'd knock everything down. Exactly, and I think I would end up with a headache. Where should we go? News. Should we go to the news? Yes. Where should we start? Um, right, we'll start off with um, the government is setting up a tracking, tracking app. That's something we've, we've talked about. Um, previously uh, I believe it was the MOD did some trials with the Air Force on one particular station so they tested it and then they they just used, they, they created a fake supermarket and then they did all sorts of things um, so now they're actually going to the second phase of testing which is on the Isle of Wight and they have to get something like 70% of the population of the Isle of Wight to actually use it for it to actually work so that will be the next couple of weeks where they're going to trial it and see how effective it is because of what they said is that if not enough people use it it's not effective yeah and you know they've also pointed out that not everybody has a smartphone so the idea is that it's it's a Bluetooth system. So you have your phone, you come close to someone else who has a phone, Bluetooth will recognise who it is and that you're in close proximity. And then if you then have symptoms uh, from COVID-19, you then push the button on your phone and it then immediately notifies people um, who you have been in contact with in the recent few days. Um, it alerts them and then informs them that they then need to go into isolation for uh, 14 days, I think it is. Um, so the the problem is not everyone has a smartphone. And I think a lot of the elderly have won't have access to smartphones, just generally because a lot of them don't know how to use them. Some of them do. That's true. That's true. But, but there's another factor, isn't there? There is, yes. That's, that's people, not everybody's going to want to do it. There is that as well. There's the security issues as well, which is something that we were just talking about before we came on air, and that was about conspiracies and stuff. And, and you know, no matter what you tell people, they're going to be an element of the population that just do not trust anything that you say or do. Um, so, yeah, there's... Yeah, not everyone is going to to take part for for whatever reason. I think there could be resistance to it because of conspiracy. And also, I don't know about the population of the Isle of Wight or its demographic, really, or how it's made up at all. 
But what's becoming clear to me is that a lot of people are really struggling, especially with food bank take-up, up by 81% yeah. currently. That was in the first two weeks of lockdown. Yeah. So that was sharp. And I think that there's an element of the population that are eager to get back to work because they're concerned mm -hmm. about finance. And I think those people may be resistant to being tested. Yeah. I don't know. It's quite possible. It's human nature, isn't it? It is. And it's... I think the only way that you would actually get around this would be to have the phone companies actually install the software automatically. Then you've got permission issues, you've got security issues as well, and you've got um, access. It, it's people holding information about you um, and where it goes and what happens to it. And I think that's that's the thing that needs to be made clear. You know, what are they actually going to do with information? Um where does it go? What's it going to be used for? Who's going to have access to it? Um, as anything in GDPR, the way that's supposed to be handled, they need to be clear uh, for legal reasons what, what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can automatically, if it comes from the man, um, as I heard on the TV programme the yes, other day, that's true. Um, you know, there there is an element of mistrust because it, it comes from a government body, therefore they're doing something... Um, with with a motive behind it that you don't know. Um, actually, no, they're just trying to save your lives. You know, and, and if you can't see that someone actually wants to save your life and try and make things easier for you, then it's 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 sad, really. It is, yeah. So yeah, so no doubt we will hear more. Um, on the tracking software because obviously once if it's successful then it will be rolled out across the UK and no doubt across the rest of the world as well as other other apps are being trialled as well yes um, next we've got the um, the announcement in the press of uh, the death of Kit Owen uh, who yes. sadly died, died a result of uh, coronavirus um, if you don't know who he was he's he was the mayor of March uh, six times, I think it was. Yes, six times. So it's sad, sad to hear about that. To hear his loss, and uh, you know, uh, um, our thoughts go out to his family and, and survive, surviving family. And, um, and if you want to know more about who he was, then if you if you go over to the Cam's Times, they've got a, a write-up on who he was and what he'd done. Fire safety is still um, outbreaks of fires in buildings, um, like buildings, um, workplaces and schools. So just make sure if you are um, responsible or you have a business or something, just make sure that you are checking it um, regularly, making sure it's all secure, there's no vandalism, um, and making sure that there's no, I don't know, build-up of um, materials and stuff that could cause fires and stuff. So, yeah, just keep an eye on your properties, your business properties, you know, during the, the lockdown period. Um, what we've got next? Greg's, they were planning to do a trial of reopening on the 7th of May, 
but due to um, fears of over overcrowding, they felt that there would be a massive rush on the stores. They've um, had to reschedule it. They're, they're rethinking about when to do it. So they have done some trials, but they've done it um, behind closed doors. Um, so, oh, that's good. Yeah, because they were going to do 20, 20 shops and they were going to do a, oh. a small small trial just to see how they went on. But I think they realised that that could cause more problems. Did so. you see the footage of Burger King, the drive through No. It was queuing, oh, it was queuing for miles. I know I a couple. where it was. Yeah, I know a couple of fast food have, have started work again and, and started just on the, the, the drive through element. I know, but some of, some of these fast food ones, you know, some people live and die by them. <laughs> you know, they've yeah. got to have their I... fast food fix. And and I can empathise with that. I'm a foodie. Yeah. But um, perhaps not McDonald's or Burger King. <laughs> KFC. <laughs> I was going to say mine's the the, uh, the finger licking uh, chicken variety. <laughs> <laughs> other other fast food outlets are available. They do good chips. Yeah, they do. Mm. Um. Now something that. They're talking about with um, now that <clears throat> we are kind of hitting the peak, certainly in the um, in the east of Anglia. Uh, you know, there's the speculation that we've now got to the, the top now and things are going to start to, the number of cases are going to start to decrease, um, which is why they're, they're talking about the possibility of um, exit strategies and, and um, reducing lockdowns. Um, but a lot of businesses are looking to restart um, or increase the number of people who are working. Now, just something just to bear in mind is my personal experience uh, working with companies and bosses in the past is that it doesn't matter what the government says, businesses will still do their own thing. And there will be some managers who are still out to um, make money, make a profit, and basically wring every single last thing out of the employee. Um, now, this is obviously something very, very sensitive when people are going back and there is um, social distancing has to be maintained and all the regulations have to be followed and hygiene and safety and stuff like that all have to be implemented in the workplace. So this is just a, a shout out just to, to get business owners to remember to to follow the protocol, the procedures um, and don't pressurise the staff into having to make decisions where they're having to um, work in unfavourable conditions or in large groups of people or go places that are unsafe you know look after your staff um, because you need to you know you've got to do the right thing you've got to yes you want to have your business up and running but you've got to be accepting that this is going to take a while to get everything back up and and you don't want to be um putting undue pressure onto staff members as they start to return to work. Yes. 
I mean, an employer doesn't want to be liable to corporate manslaughter. Exactly. That that could be the outcome. And nobody, no employee should have their safety compromised through greed. Shouldn't happen. Yeah, it, it's, it is sad. I mean, I've... It doesn't matter even when there's there's no lockdown, you know, companies will push um, staff to the limit of safety. Um, and it's sometimes it's a wonder that accidents or fatalities don't happen as much as um, they could do, because there is always a fine line between profit and safety. And that's that in a normal safe world. But now we have these extra bits. Then yeah, we're just sh saying you know just please, please, please um, have a bit more consideration for the people that are working for you. That's my news. Uh, I've got one yeah. thing, Dave. Yeah, you've got the some new stuff, haven't you? Yes, just one. Um, the government are starting their bounce back loans today, so. Therefore, businesses and are available from £2,000 to £50,000. Um, so if your business has a requirement, look into it. There's no repayment for 12 months and interest-free for 12 months. Two to £50,000. Is this to fill the gap um, of the loans that were originally set, um, where it was like £25,000 minimum with lots of criteria yes yes these are supposed to be simplified and um approvals supposed to be easier i don't know what the percentage likelihood is or or what the criteria is i haven't looked at that but it, it is worth looking into if you've got a business that does need a bounce back loan okay that's good um, so that's it. I mean, there are more and more options getting out there for people to, to access finances if, if need be. Right, I think that's that for uh, the news. Um, rural news. Well, we, we talked about the, um, the VD, VE Day celebrations, not VD Day. <laughs> that's something completely different. Um, a victory in Denmark, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> well saved. We... <laughs> yeah, so we, we've discussed that. So there are obviously a number of um, celebrations around the UK and also around the Fairland area. There'll be lots of towns that are having their own celebrations. So try and... Um... And lots of local live streams as well, David. There's, Ooh, there yes. are um, groups doing 40s songs. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. I think maybe we should do something maybe V-Day themed on, the, on our next show, soon as we do it on the Thursday, which will then go out on V-Day, so people won't have an excuse to um, to listen, because it'll be a bank holiday, so they can, they can sit at home, be. they can download the, the podcast and listen and celebrate in 1940s style. I'm sure we can find something, maybe put some bunting up in the background and some... That sounds like it's a <laughs> So, yeah. Um, there have been a number of, or well, some more uh, themed events that have been cancelled. There is a, um, I believe in Whiz Beach, there is a beachfront parade mm -hmm. that's now been knocked on the head. That was in June 
that was planned for June so that was I think they were hanging out to the last minute on on that one so that one's gone so I'm, but yeah if you if you were planning to go to any events then just check them out before you you go anywhere if I mean most of them are going to be closed anyway but just sort of over the next few few months as the lockdown comes out of it just make sure that you know you're not making unnecessary journeys to to events that are no longer happening have you got some rural news you've got some um, about ravenwoods yes thank you ravenswood pet rescue and um, they have two little pugs in their care they are called edna and elsie and they're only two years old one of them elsie her eye bless her is about to pop and Ooh. she has to go in for emergency surgery and um ravens would have been offered a huge discount to have this work done for Elsie, but they still need funding to pay for it. So if anybody would like to contribute towards Elsie's operation, please call the vet directly on 01354 694 794. That's 01354 694 794. I think it's Tria Vets in Chatteris. Okay. And um, they will take card payments directly from people towards that okay um okay anything else rural um well, no all right we've got the um the Fenner district council um they now have a platform for businesses uh so if your your business is still open uh they've set up a dedicated platform to promote uh so all businesses can promote them their business and and promote what they do uh during this this period uh so that there's just one place i think they've had over 100 businesses sign up to it at the moment so i haven't got the this the the link at the moment but if you go to the Fenandrisic council um and have a look there they should find links for it if i find it at yes. the end we'll, we'll we'll add it to the the facebook page Okay. Um, stats. The daily stats. It's you know the, the numbers still keep going up. Um, the world stats of number of cases is three million five hundred eighty-four thousand. So that's over three and a half million uh, cases in the UK. The number of cases is one hundred eighty-six thousand five hundred ninety-nine, and the death so far is twenty-eight thousand four hundred forty-six. Now, I did say that, you know, we could be seeing ourselves being the largest number of death ca um, cases of, of deaths in, in Europe uh, by today. It's certainly within the next 24 hours, at least, I think we will certainly be overtaking um, Italy. And the, oh, yeah, so we're, I think we're about... 150 behind yeah you know, it was well, about 300 behind i think so it really depends it's marginal, on isn't it, it? it's so close you know and do we really want to have the title of being the the, the country with the most cases you know this, this is why you know what we've been talking about for so long that you know people just aren't taking this seriously you know just as a just as a 
a, a measure of scale. I mean, we, we talk about in comparison with football stadiums. The next football stadium in the UK that would actually hold uh, 28,446 would be the University of Bolton Stadium. Uh, that's for Bolton Wanderers FC. Uh, they have the capacity of 28,723. Um, you know, we're just behind Birmingham City, so that's, that's um, sad, but that's just the, sort of the only way that we can sort of start sort of gauging um, the amount of people that have sadly died. Um, we're now number four in the in the world for number of cases as well. You know, we're, but the I believe that Russia are now getting another um, acceleration in number of cases as well. So that's something we need to keep an eye on. Um, what, They've got very low numbers, Russia. They um, have to start with, um, but I think they're now beginning to see it starting to to climb. Um, when you think they're right next door to China and. At mm -hmm. one end of the country and, and Europe on the other end, you know, you, you'd be surprised if they didn't get anything. Um, but I was watching something about Japan uh, earlier, um, and what they were saying was, yes, they've had a, a low number of cases, uh, but they're basically saying that their their medical infrastructure couldn't cope with any more. So they're, they're being quite fort fortuitous that only uh, a few hundred have died. Um, and the number of cases has been low so because they couldn't cope with it. Had there yeah. been a higher higher number, because they don't have the ventilators, they don't have the the medical care to deal with that number of people in in one one go. Um, but yeah, that's something that they are so carefully monitoring. You know, that's why they're enforcing the the lockdowns and stuff. Because even now they're they're either I can't remember if they said that they're they're re establishing lockdowns or sort of they're, they're making them more um, stringent because they just don't want a, a mass outbreak. So they're having to be over-cautious, um, even though the, the numbers are so low, they have to because they know that if it runs away, that's it, you know, that's that's a game-changer for Japan. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. So we'll see how it... How it happens? Hopefully, I say we've we've reached the peak, but people will still there'll still be deaths. You know, just because we've reached the number of cases, you know, we're still looking at you know another week or so before the number of deaths starts to um, drop significantly. So, okay, let's have a look at um, our our re local resident Doris and what is she doing today? Well, Doris today. Is she? She had to. Doris had to go to a petrol station. Did she? So she must have been driving. Is she allowed? <laughs> is Doris allowed to be out driving? Well, this is this is an interesting one. I'm not entirely sure of all the detail because, of course, she wouldn't be able to sit in a car with another person driving. No. She says she was at a petrol station and she was concerned about the sanitising of hands at the petrol station. Mm -hmm. So um, apparently there was a sign that said there were gloves available. Yeah. 
but she didn't see any evidence of gloves. So she's saying, please make sure you keep your hands clean, fill up with petrol, clean your hands, pay, clean your hands. She's very bothered by it. Yes. Um, even just general, you know, you've got petrol on your hands anyway, so you, hopefully you'd be washing your hands after going to a petrol station anyway. Yeah. For... Okay. Um, and is Doris going to launch the um, the drawing competition? Yes. Um, yes, she is. So Doris is saying thank you for asking people to draw photos of how they think she looks. <laughs> but I do think there might be a clue there in that Doris can drive. Just mm. one thing. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, so there are three categories, um, up to 10 years old, yep. up to 16 years old, so between 10 and 16, yep. up to 10, between 10 and 16, and 16 years and above, three categories. We would love to see your drawings of how you believe Doris looks. Excellent. So that's now going live, so you can send us your submissions. Um, the closing date will be the 14th of May. Um, which That's a good date. Which is, yeah, um, and that's one of our next next shows. Uh, we, we're going to have a chat about prizes. We've got some bits and pieces, but just now that we've got three different um, categories, we'll, we will find um, something suitable for all all age groups. Sounds good, David. Brilliant. Um, yep, so start drawing, and we'd love to see what your, your take of Doris is. And I'm sure Doris will love to know what she th thinks people think she looks like. I think she would, <laughs> yes. Oh, and Gail's going to be the judge. Yes. Gail, who looks after her. Yes, yeah. that's that's brilliant. So uh, she's cool. the, the right person to be um, helping with the, the judging. Yes. And and we must stress that judges' decision is final. Absolutely. And yes. we think if there's any cheating, if there are there are people drawing things in age categories that shouldn't be drawing in age categories, they will be disqualified. <laughs> so if you're in your forties and you're trying to get into an under ten category, <laughs> you will be you will be thrown out. So. Oh, we we, we will know. But, um, yeah, so what they need to do is send us, um, or the, if, if they're under 18, then obviously the Guardians will have to submit their work for them. So if you put your um, your name and contact uh, details on the imagery they send, um, what we'll do is we'll set up an email. Yes. Um, so you're not having to publicly publish them. So what we'll do is we'll, we will announce a email uh, for you to send or us. Or they could come through Messenger, David. Or Messenger, yeah. Yeah. Any, anything that's secure, because obviously we're, we're, we're dealing mm. with children's details and stuff, so we just want to yeah. make sure that that isn't um, put out on, onto the internet. So, yes. Yeah. yeah, think safety first. So. Safety first, good point. So we'll, we will 
no doubt discuss the competition with a bit more um bit more details at the next uh the next recording i think it's important to say that only you and i look at the messenger pages don't we yes yes it's yeah. only the us that see them so we will yeah. um we will be deal, deal with them responsibly and um and all, all the good all the good stuff yes okay um today we have an interview uh, what we're going to do it's, it's a, a long interview so what we're going to do is we're just going to play an excerpt of it uh now um but we will put the full interview um as a separate entity i think that's what we're going to do with all the the interviews that we've had so far we're actually going to have them as as separate um uh, recordings so as podcasts or on on videos as well um because i think you know people want to see the the whole thing um but this one is a chap called asa french he works well, he's right he lives in peterborough but he works for the nhs and he is also involved with the scout group his full title is county first aid trainer for cambridgeshire uh, scouts and he's a full health care assistant at the cambridge university hospital hospital sorry um uh, so he has some first-hand experience and has is working on the the front line as well uh but he took um some time out on his his day off uh his his very precious time to to have a chat so please listen to what he has to say um he's an amazing man he's done a lot of work with uh, local groups to uh, help raise awareness of the work the nhs has done and he's been coordinating the making of scrubs and various garments and outfits that the nurses and doctors are wearing uh, at the hospital, at various hospitals. So it's um, Peterborough and Cambridgeshire and um, and Cambridge area. So yeah, please do listen. So we'll we'll now play an excerpt from Ace's interview now. Hello, and today's interview guest is asa french and can you give me your title please yeah um david um um i'm the uh, county first aid trainer for cambridgeshire scouts and full-time healthcare assistant at um cambridge university hospitals that's brilliant do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself a bit of background yeah so um obviously as i've said um i'm the county um first aid trainer for Cambridgeshire Scouts so um, I've been involved with scouting for you know, many years now as a young person and obviously um, still stayed in scouting as an adult leader um, obviously due to um, my commitments now with working in the NHS um, I'm not unable to do a um, week in week out section so instead now with my um, first aid experience that I have um, my job my sort of role volunteering role within scouting now is to train scout leaders and also the young people in first aid um skills for badges and their training okay well let's move on to this the project that we're actually talking about the main point so mm. um tell us a bit about it so um while i was doing the um online first aid um training um 
I announced to the um, leaders that I want to do a campaign to um, get some more, um, see if we can, you know, make Cambridgeshire scouting, you know, to still do, you know, you know, go by our promise, you know, to help other people. Yeah. Um, you know, but in a safe way. And I came up with this suggestion of doing a fundraiser to get some more scrubs into local hospitals in Cambridgeshire. And um, the initial idea was to do a PayPal uh, pool and buy some scrubs. However, someone suggested the idea of getting people to make scrubs, which then I'd done a PayPal pool to buy material and to get, um, you know, leaders and young people to help make scrubs and scrub bags for the NHS. And... Um, doing that, you know, majorly blew, you know, blew up big time. And, um, you know, we've got leaders that are making um, um, part of their, you know, program for the you know, online social distancing. They've got their young people making scrub bags. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got adult leaders making full sets of scrubs out of, you know, um, recycled material or material that have been purchased. Um, so that was the idea behind it. Um, it was, you know, we've got, the main thing was we got we've got um, leaders and young people feeling like they are doing something useful towards the NHS, um, you know, they're not being bored at home and thinking, you know, they can't do anything to help. And you know, do having this initiative has inspired them to, you know, help the NHS. Yeah. Just talking about the the scrubs themselves, mm. I can imagine there are quite an eclectic style. So yes, there are, there are, <laughs> are some. Are there some weird and wonderful, wacky ones that are coming through? Yeah, so I've seen some um, really good ones. Um, my personal favourites has been I've seen um, um, some Avengers set of um, scrubs, which I think is quite appropriate. Oh, that's it? that's um, brilliant. That is. Um, at this time, I definitely, you know, um, I do feel sometimes at the moment we're sort of. Um, if anyone's seen the um, um, uh, end game mm. um i feel sometimes we are at that and we're you know we're you know at the stage of yeah we need to avenge you know um people who have lost their lives and you know both you know citizens and um nhs colleagues alike i was just about to say as well as the avengers scrubs yeah. um we have ordered uh some unicorn and dinosaur printed pattern ones as well which oh. would be fantastic for children yes definitely that would be good in the children's wards. That would be. But so, yeah, I mean, just the the fact that you know you we sort of hit the nail on the head. I mean, sort of we we talk about the NHS staff are just being absolute heroes themselves. You know, irrespective of of um, Marvel films, you you know, you guys are doing a fantastic job, and and I know that you're on the front line as well. I mean, how are you all coping? Uh, I I mean, it must be tough for you you guys as well. Uh I have to say, yeah, I, I do think, you know, there are tough, you know, tough times. Um, you know, I've especially had some myself. I had to um, live away separately from my wife for a few weeks because she wasn't very well. Um, you know, um, but I think it's the thing. It's a, and that's one thing we've been struggling with is, you know, we, we, we you know, we love the appreciation we're being shown. Uh, but, you know, um, sometimes... Uh, we we struggle as uh, as workers because we, we see it's just doing our job like you know any other person you know for example you know let's, let's say example um, a cleaner that cleans a gym for example we see them do they're doing their job and we as you know 
help you know frontline workers are just doing our jobs as well yeah. but you know we're, we're getting this you know we're being paraded as like massive superheroes that like, i've seen um, things on Facebook, for example of um going back to the heroes um you know members of the event avengers um watchmen dc universe yeah and um, they're standing in a line in a hospital corridor bowing their heads and there's you know some nurses and doctors walking down the middle of that corridor you know but we're sort of being paraded as bigger heroes than them and um yeah we, we don't see it like that we you know we just see it as you know we, we you know we appreciate the attention but we're, we're not heroes we're just we're just doing our jobs you know yeah. that's all we see it as we just the only part of it is we've uh, just been throwing a massive curveball our way yeah it's just your time to step up instead of another group or another organization you know it's, <clears> but it, it is appreciated i mean that you know everything that everyone has done i mean it's not just you i mean it's it's like we've we've talked about this on the show. You know, you've got the the bin men, you've got the the posties, you've got everyone who's doing their jobs. But yes, it is just their jobs, but they are still going. You know, a lot of people have have had to sort of obviously self isolate and take themselves, or they're not able to work. But you guys are still working and still putting in the hours, and and you know, other people do generally just appreciate it. Appreciation has been overwhelmed. We appreciate the people that you know, you know, are staying at home and you know they are following you know lockdown rules. You know, again, that that has helped. And also, people that are being sensible as well about coming to hospital, only coming to hospital if it's a you know a must need. You know, because you know, attendances have fallen. Whether that is people. I've tried to avoid coming to hospital, which we do encourage. You know, if you do need to come into hospital, then do please come if you need it. You know, and we don't want people um, uh, prolonging coming to hospital because they're thinking it can wait. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they definitely need to to still make those appointments if if it's uh, important. Absolutely, health. Does, you know, health it is important, and you know, it does need to be. Um, um, okay, well, how if people still want to be involved? I mean, if you if you still have a requirement for for more scrubs, um, do you still need them? And if so, how can they get involved, or how can they contact you? Yeah, um, yes, we still do need scrubs. Um, even though Hinchinbrook and Peterborough have been fulfilled, um, um, Cambridge um, University Hospitals, Adam Brooks um, announced last week. Um, that they would accept scrub donations with a particular pattern um, to be sewn. Um, so the way to get in contact, well, there's there's one or two ways that can happen. Is simply join for the Love of Scrubs Cambridge or for Love of Scrubs Hinchinbrook and Peterborough um, on Facebook. Um, we you know we can make the link links available to do that. Um, I can also give my email address made available if people would rather email me to contact and I can point people in the right direction um, you know it's, it's not too late to join um, you don't necessarily need a sewing machine um, we you know we, uh, we do ask for people who can transport volunteer drivers um, who don't mind picking up uh, scrubs from hubs and taking to hospitals um, so there's, there's more that can be you know can be done to get involved it doesn't necessarily just have to be baking scrubs and I've still got my PayPal fundraiser still going. Um, if people wish to donate to that, I can make the link available for that as well. That's brilliant. 
So what we'll do is we'll try and if you send me the links, I'll I'll put them on the on the podcast as well, so people can see it. Oh, lovely! That'd be fantastic. Okay, well, I think that's everything we've got. Um, have you got any anything last messages you want to say before we finish? Um, just mainly stay safe, everyone. Um, you know, if you're on, um, if you're not a key worker, obviously, just you know, keep the lockdown rules. Keep going. I know it's very difficult. Um, you know, but if you have any um, concerns about your own sort of mental health and well-being, obviously there are um, available resources available. I'd highly recommend visiting the Mind website. Um, again, I can make the link. Um, it's just very important to keep your mental health in check. But however, if you're one of these people that um, needs things to do um, as an activity, then please come and help us. To, you know, do the scrub, making the scrubs. Um, you know, we've had quite a few volunteers that have joined. You know, whose mental health was starting to go a little bit funny, um, not just from in scouting, but also, you know, friends and family members. Yeah. And it's improved their mental health by helping. So, you know, um, please keep your mental health healthy during this lockdown. Yeah. And any key workers that are listening, then, you know, keep up the good work, guys. You know, we're all in it together. But stay safe is the main message. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Um, right. Well, thank you very much, Ace of French. Thank you for your time, and we're we're all war behind you anyway. So just just keep going, and we we will get there. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast, David. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye bye. And that was the interview with Ace of French. And as I said uh, at the start, we will put that on as a complete interview um, separately uh, sometime tomorrow. Okay, and I'll just point out the the next interview we have will be with uh, Tilly Rose, and that should be, we'll see here part of it on Thursday's show, and we'll release the whole whole interview on the Friday. That's the intention at the moment. And we should have an interview with a bereavement uh, coach um, next week. All going well. Um, so that's the the plans ahead for interviews. Uh, life with lockdown. Do you want to do your news and then your your Thank elements? Thank you. Yes. Um, life life in lockdown. I've got one thing actually uh, on this, and that is that Benham District Council are presently promoting a government initiative called the Skills Toolset, and that's been put together for people who want to learn new skills. And there's so much information there and loads of resources. So it's really worth having a look at. And that's on Fenland District Council's social media pages. And mm-hmm. um, worth having a look at. But in the news, life in lockdown. Yeah. I was reading a Guardian article last week and it was an eye-opener. It was about the situation in London. And we're, we're miles away from this this situation now. Yeah. We don't just jump on a train and get to London any longer. So we're not familiar with what's going on. And the rough sleeper numbers in London have exploded because as soon as lockdown happened, and even in some cases just before it happened... Um, the leisure industry, particularly pubs and restaurants, yeah. hotels, um, 
they sacked lots of individuals who didn't have secure contracts in place. Yeah. Now, those individuals were working on minimum wage, so they were working legally, but because they were on minimum wage, they couldn't afford flats or apartments, so many were living in rooms. They were renting rooms, so they had precarious living arrangements, and now they can't afford their rent, so... They no longer have anywhere to lay their head. And these individuals haven't been counted um, in the official statistics. So they're out there, they're in the capital, um, they're not used to rough sleeping, so they they don't know how to keep themselves safe. There are no street kitchens, only one or two charities that are still going out. Um, But it's difficult to get the help that you usually have because physical distancing is in place, quite rightly so. Yeah. Everybody's got to be safe. Um, The day centres are shut, so that means there's nowhere to wash or wash clothing um, or get further information. And because... They're naive, a lot of these people, to rough sleeping. And they've lost their phones. There's nowhere to plug them in to charge up. So even if they were in the system to be notified that there's somewhere for them to go, um, they won't know or they've had their phones stolen. So you've got this mass of people in a really terrible situation and they're not accounted for officially. Now, that causes a problem with coronavirus. Yeah. It, it causes a problem. What, what's going to happen to them? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible thought. And apparently, according to The Guardian, um, as you walk around London streets now, all you see is this group of rough sleepers because usual rough sleepers they they know the system better and they're more hidden from view if that makes sense yeah and um you've got the police you've got drug dealers and then you've got people looking for drugs so that that's generally what the capital looks like at the moment according to this article and i i found it really disheartening and and upsetting and i know i've I've, I've mentioned rough sleepers before and so have you david and you know the moment the government said local authorities are responsible for housing all rough sleepers that was a sensible move um but how do they really account for every single one when when they do the official figures they go out one night in a whole year, don't they? Yeah. So they know that it, it's vastly under underestimated to start with. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a, um, it's a, a, a frightening thing. I, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even want to know what it would be like. I hope I never have to be in that situation. We we had a chat about this after the last, the the last show, and it was something that that came up, and we we definitely. Um, we're adamant that this would be discussed on this episode. Um, 
I mean, just trying to think of one option is the the land army. You know, they are desperate mm-hmm. for for people to work in in this region. You know, and there are um, it would be a way of getting them off the street, giving them some security because at least they would uh, be given accommodation. They would be given a wage. They would have somewhere to to stay. They they, they can charge the phones. They've got somewhere to sleep. They're safe. Um, yes, it means they're going to have to do some work, but there are people who who work, and I probably would think that they they work hard anyway yeah. uh, because of the type of jobs they do. They are phys- um, quite physically um, laborious work that they do, working in coffee shops and um, various other. You know, they're not easy jobs. No. And they they are taken advantage of, and they are paid poorly whilst doing it. But that's the immediate thing that comes to mind: is somehow getting in touch with them, getting them off the streets, getting them up to the the, the farms to to work. It's it's just an idea, and it's the the safest and quickest thing I can think of to get them out of that environment. Very sensible, very sensible. I mean, I I know. A lot of people are being put into hotels and yeah. then they, they're given skills on how to get out of rough sleeping and move forward with their lives. And that's great. But that's more suited to people who have been longer term yeah. homeless, really, isn't it? And, well, maybe, you know, in some respects, coronavirus is a good thing. In, in that case, you know, for people who manage to save their lives and move forward, this could be a lifeline that yeah. they needed. Um, but I can't imagine how many people are actually homeless right now in the capital. I, I can't get my head around it. When you think of the leisure industry in London, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah. There's, well, you think there's, there's cafes and restaurants on every street, li- yeah. almost every street as you wander around. So, yeah, it, it's not just there. I mean, in Cambridge, Peterborough, you know, there are, you know, you find tents in the middle of roundabouts. and Yeah. So it, it's not just London-centric, but obviously it's, obviously it's the highest percentage of people in one area would be London, but... It is something that is happening here, and, and even Chatteris has, uh, or there are groups of homeless people that sort of frequent the Fenland towns, and they just move from town to town, and so we don't have a continuous homeless issue in a town. They just sort of move from transient from one place to another. So I think, it, but it is definitely there is definitely an issue, but not all of them want to be helped. No. Yeah, some some of them it is a life choice, and they've decided to fall off the grid and and go and live um, to become homeless for various reasons. But it's the ones that are there, not by their own choice. They're the ones that need to be helped. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the world has changed a lot. But I think when I was a little girl, a very long time ago, that was. Say nothing. But when, <laughs> yeah. when when I think of homeless people when I was little, 
it was often tramps. And I, I lived in an army town. I grew up in an army town when I was younger. So there were some ex-forces people that just chose not to opt out of society. And that's fine. Yeah. That, that was their choice. And um, they were well suited to it, a lot of them. And well recognisable, really. Mm. Everybody, you know, knew who they were and... Sometimes they were safe to approach. <laughs> but there's also another group of people, other homeless people, and that's the the homeless in quotation marks. Mm. Because there are, and I've seen this in, in Peterborough, so I know it's, it's out there, um, there are people who are housed and work with gangs and they are, effectively, they're run by a pimp, if that's sort of, if that's the title. They basically have a handler um and they they walk into town they then go and pick up their spots and they you know they they beg for money and support and then at the end they give most of it to the the handler and then they go back to their their lodgings you know and it, it's it's a career they become career homeless people but they're not homeless but they're on the streets they've got um i don't know they've got a dog or an animal or they've got um signs and they've got all the sort of the normal paraphernalia you'd expect with a homeless person so it's it's very difficult to sort of work out who is and who isn't um officially a homeless person and someone who is in need of of help because you've got so many different classifications of of people who are out on the street that's very dickensian isn't it Hmm. when you know when when that sort of activity started in the country, I remember reading about it and thinking, oh my goodness, we've gone back a century or mm. two. And um, terrific, really, isn't it, what people are put through? And that that can often be a form of modern-day slavery, can't it? It is, and that's, that's the thing, is there is... Slavery is still a big issue, you know, just because they, they finally made it outlawed slavery as a as a term you know just a few years ago slavery still exists in this country but it's hidden mm-hmm. and it's not what you'd expect you know it's not people chained up and and stuck inside and you know there there are other ways of of holding people against their will i mean that's something that we you know we're looking into in this this film that we're we're doing um about the fens is we're looking into um slavery in in its modern forms and it's quite disturbing and some of the 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 panorama uh programs and and various other bbc documentaries that have been shown uh, you know they are people who work in shops they're not held captive they're not um physically restrained but there are so much pressures on them and threats against their family, they do what they're told. They go to work, they do the job, they work in nail bars or they work in a variety of um, support industries. They do the job, they come back, and they're then back within the, the folds of the um, the slavery, the, the, the gang masters and stuff. But they're threatened, they, you know, if they, if they don't f- follow the rules their family back home will be punished 
You know, it's, and it's, it's so many mental and emotional control. It is. It? It's it's an mental. it's a mental prison. It is. It is, and I do believe there's some physical violence at times as well involved. There probably is to start with. There there is something there to show that they they mean um, they mean what they're talking about. And then the rest yeah. of it, once that's there, it, you then have that mental uh, memory of, of what's happened. And then that's how you control you control the people. Yeah. Making, them, making the individuals submissive. Yeah. It, can be, it can be in domestic situations as well, can't it? You yeah. know, where um, household staff are slaves and what have you. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. You know, and there are numerous numbers of support lines, but it doesn't matter what what we found. But the slavery, they're they're just too scared to to even ask for help, and that's the, the that's the big problem. And even when they're given an option, they're so fearful that they will walk away from help. You know that they're, they're so um, focused on the fear element of what the situation they're in that they just won't won't take any any help that's offered you you either have to physically go in and extract the people from them um because they don't have their passports anymore you know, it's, uh, there's there's threats against them and their families and there's there's other sort of means of coercion as well um well it's it seems it seems to me that um there's a fear, number one, that the individuals won't be believed mm-hmm. over the um, perpetrators. And number two, that, um, well, you're right, that their family will be harmed in some way. There's there's that as well, isn't there? And, and are they really safe? Sometimes, sometimes the victims have been forced to commit a crime as well, haven't they? Yeah. You know, like when they um, about begging and then and then going back. I'm sure they'll have it in their heads. The victims will have it in their heads. They've done something wrong. They can get into trouble. They could go to prison. Yeah, there is that fear of um, that they could end up being in trouble um, and being sent to prison or deported from the country and and sent home. So they then have the issue of um, the humiliation of of going home as well because the gangs usually have a gang master in the country where they've come from and a gang master in the UK and they talk to each other and that's sort of... They're controlling the routes and the passages of the the people coming through. So there's, you know, if they go back, then obviously the, the local, the regional gang masters will know who who have have come back and why it's completely dehumanizing isn't it yeah it's horrible it's absolutely horrible Mm. i don't know i don't know how you'd have to be i couldn't put myself into the head of somebody who could do that to another human being i really couldn't i'm glad about that (laughs) yeah it's how how people can just abuse people, um, take advantage of them for for all sorts, and and still have a conscience and still live and sleep and and just live with what they do. 
it, it's almost like we're becoming so much so desensitized to 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 this world that people's boundaries or barriers or personal belief systems are, are completely shot and that there are no boundaries you know they will just keep doing what they want until they are stopped so. yeah and also people taking advantage of loopholes legal loopholes because the law itself doesn't cover everything and even when it does the legal system lets it down yeah. you know and that's been yeah. shown so even if you've got all the evidence um to say that you are a victim it still gets thrown out or dropped or it's it's, it's a mess in, in lots of different levels but you do feel sorry for the police in a lot of respects because they they see the people they've they're trying to help go through the system and then they're back to square one again without the help and support and then they know that the people won't trust the police because they've been let down by the the legal system yeah you know and the police are trying everything they can to help them and you, you know it's just that that element of well, one's not going to trust you because they've had a bad experience, so then no one else will then go um, um, go through that process either. I think it takes a very brave person to stand up to these people. It, it really does. It does, yeah. They do have to be very, very strong to, to be able to get themselves out of that situation. Mm. And plenty have, so there's always hope. Yes, I mean we've we've spoken to the the Rosmini Centre and and yes they've said you know they have had a lot of successes so yeah it's not all doom and gloom you know people do manage to to break out of that lifestyle and there are people who will help that's the thing is you know the, the, if you've not heard of the Rosmini Centre it's based in Wisbeach and they are dedicated to helping uh, migrants who have ended up in this country for whatever reason and they go out the way to help uh, people get out of um, these um, these lives and help them try and get them back into some kind of society and get them back on tracks again either whether they want to go back to their own country or, or to stay here and, and make a, a new start but they, they, they will help them in, in any way and uh, they do fantastic work Yes, they do they do do fantastic work. They are lovely people. They are, and they're so dedicated in what they do. I think we're getting to the end of the show, unless you've got anything else to add. Pardon? Have you got anything else to add? Oh, no. No, I haven't. Sorry, apart from my ears need sorting. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it. <laughs> sorry about that I, I won't do that again <laughs> right so we've got to the end of the show um so that's all from me you got any last words before we uh, end no please apart from please keep your physical distance from other people and wash your hands please 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 please, please. yeah I mean that's it we are still in lockdown it hasn't ended we're still 
need to be following all the um, the restrictions that have been set up. You know, this is not not a holiday. We're not all being let out yet. It's um, you know the rules and regulations are there. Follow them, please, um, until indicated otherwise. Okay, well, that's it from me. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.